Welcome to the Diversity Intersection. Today, we're so excited because, you know, we're kicking off the 2023 season Absolutely. of the Diversity Intersection. And we want to be sure that the guests that we bring to the table can provide something to our audience, not just entertainment, but education and enlightenment. And today, I think we have one of those individuals. Absolutely. Don't you agree? I agree. I agree. Yes. Absolutely. So we're so excited today to have Xavier L. Byers. He's with us. Xavier, how are you doing? I'm good. It's 2023. So, you know, I'm ready to, to get this year going and start joining. That's right. Exactly. And well, what a perfect day. Exactly. Right? It is. Right. Martin Luther King. Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday. And, you know, we're all about love and support. And um, Ed has a favorite quote that he has on his signature line. And oh, so uh, Ed has a quote. I'm not going to tell you what it is right now. It's okay. on his signature line that he shares with everyone. And I think it's so relevant. We posted it today to our Instagram page. For us, so I asked people to go check that out. But we'll share it again at the end. And, you know, you are exuding that. We are having the conversation. We are having the conversation so that we help each other and guide each other forward. So I'm just going to do like a little brief introduction of Xavier. What do you think, Ed? Okay. Yeah, yeah we'll do yeah. that. Yeah. So Xavier... You were born and raised in Augusta, Georgia, attended Morehouse College, HBCU. Yes. I went to Howard University, so, you know. HU. We're, we're, <laughs> you're right, exactly. You know. um, and you graduated with a bachelor's degree in business administration, and then you jumped into your career in broadcasting. Again, we have some connections. You were an intern with Turner Broadcasting. I did an internship about in 1812 with the BBC. Um, so you got to have those opportunities in broadcasting to move that forward. And then you went from CNN to the Cartoon Network to Adult Swim. And that's amazing. We want to hear all about that journey that you had, because I think so many of our youth want to do it, but don't know how to get to it. Right. Yeah. So we definitely want to share you know, your journey and your experience, any tips or ideas that you have for folks uh, inspiring to be in the entertainment business. So, uh, yes. well, I would tell you, Xavier, I must say, brother, you've been busy, right? Yes. You're <laughs> in your short year on this earth, you have really been busy and we're excited to see uh, people of color in the entertainment industry, in particular, being in the executive type level. Uh, and you've worn many hats uh, so far and we'll touch upon probably most all of all of them. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to our brother, Michael Cox, yes. from the official Black Magazine for the introduction. Uh, and that's another plug for uh, the official yes. Black Magazine. I love his work and his magazine. His writers are fantastic. And so I'm encouraging our listeners to get a subscription because it is definitely worth it. And it's the next level. Oh, yeah. It is the next Absolutely. level. I mean, Absolutely. it is the next level publication. And more and more people should subscribe to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's premium content. I just, I just want to plug Mike as well, because that was my first diversity conversation or interview in a publication. So that's because of Mike. So it's a great magazine that I do think people should check out. Absolutely. I mean, from entertainment to food, it's just covers all spectrums of life and highlighting our people of color. Right. Yes. And that's what we need to do more of Absolutely. in this world. So. That's what we do in the diversity that's intersection. Right. That's exactly right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's let's talk about your summer finance internship with Turner Brooks, yes. with CNN, Cartoon Network, and all the adults swimming, all that. Um, 
So the light bulb go off. That's what was the light bulb that went off that sparked your interest in working in that space? So okay, I'm gonna go back a little bit, but it all makes sense. Okay. Um, so I was the kid. I grew up playing sports. Also, I was heavy in the music. I played piano. I played alto sax. But I loved music, and so I had this interest growing up, specifically like high school, of like, how does the music industry work? Why did this album and this album drop on this day like what are those components behind it so when i went to college and i majored in business i was like i'm going to be somebody's record exec i'm going to be la reed i'm going to be puff daddy mm -hmm. like that was my goal and the timing was just amazing because atlanta was really becoming huge on the music scene at the time yeah. so i just knew that that's what my calling and my purpose was because i was a nerd for the billboard stats for Okay. Grammy Awards, all of that stuff. But as time would have it, the music industry, I didn't understand this at the time. So this is hindsight being 2020. But the music industry was going through a revolution of brick and mortar versus digital music. Right. And because of that, they really weren't focused on the next guard coming into their industry right. to help change and, and actually implement new ideas. They were just trying to stay alive at that point. So okay. when I searched for internships in the music industry, it was like, oh, you can, you know, you can go promote at the club or you know, <laughs> we got this, you know, street team has an album coming out. You can go put flyers up everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's not what I really want to do. I really want to get like in the office, like in the right. business. Right. That's right. not what you had in mind, they, right? They that's not yeah. they want you to right. do AR for free. Right. right. They wanted me right. to do AR for free. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, I'll pay my dues. I watched the making of the band where Puffy had people walking across <laughs> the Brooklyn Bridge to get Junior's cheese Right. Pay. Like yeah. I'll pay my dues, but I wanted to get me to that level and uh -huh. so i went to the atlanta university center's career fair and the very last table was uh turner broadcasting and uh -huh. i was like well this isn't music industry this isn't the music industry but let me just see it's i see the brands i see cnn and tmt and tbs and i'm like let me see what they're talking about and they had a they had a african-american recruiter okay. and so she's like it doesn't look like you found what you needed today at the career fair because I'd gone to the big four because I was majoring in finance. Um, my professors were like, yeah, you know, the big four yeah. go up to New York, you know, Ernst and Young, yeah. Lehman Brothers at the That's time, right. and go right. do that right. and yeah. figure out what you want to do. But she really captivated my attention. And I was like, I think entertainment, maybe I can learn entertainment and that'll eventually get me to music. Right. And right. so last table I stopped at, but that's the internship that I got. <laughs> oh, wow. It's, wow. Uh, and you just did a, just, just the one summer or what? How did? Yes. Was, so the crazy part of it all, the risk of it all was that this was my senior year. And so the summer before I had done an internship with, enterprise to actually learn like the insides of their business and going into this career fair i gained uh, actually gained employment uh with bp in okay. houston but i was like it's gas and i'm like uh, <laughs> and, you know like and my professor was like you know you moved to houston it's a great job yeah. i was like that's not really what i want to do let me let me go to the career fair and see what I can get. And the only thing I could get from Turner was this internship. And right. the promise was, do the internship if you're exceptionally well, that could lead to a job opportunity. And we know that's risky for you because you're graduating, doing an internship, and then hoping for employment. 
Right. We don't necessarily line things up that way, but it depends on how good you are, brother. So nice. that was kind of the challenge issued, and luckily, yeah. that's what worked out. <laughs> and you were good, right? So you, yes. you you went on in the role. That's right. So you know you. So when you engaged with you know your internships and began to work with these companies, I know that you were a manager of operations and content strategy. Correct. Yes. Right. When you at Warner Brothers, so you at moved Warner Brothers. to Warner Brothers. Yes. So, so I see, I see your path and I know for myself in any job that you get, you're never going to end up exactly what you studied when you went to college right. or what you thought about when you went to college. Right. So all of these opportunities that you had transitioned to becoming the content manager and right. content strategy manager, correct? Correct. So, so tell talk, us, yeah, talk so about, tell us that, about journey. that journey. Yeah, yes. that, that content. That's, that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so at CNN, I learned quickly. I was one of the youngest on the team, and I got a chance to touch all the different parts. But what I learned, I'm both left brain and right brain. As okay. I mentioned, I grew up playing sports, playing music, but school. And today I have this a different world shirt on, and I credit Dwayne Wayne because as a kid, it showed me what like you can be cool and you can be smart. Right. Absolutely. And so that was always the strategy in school. I was cool, but I was smart too. It was okay to be great in math. I wasn't chipmunk. I wasn't Dwayne Wade, who was exceptional on the SAT, but I was good. And so when I started at CNN, I say all that to say, like, I wanted to learn forecast, budget, and actuals, which was the hard, like, the core finance part of the role. Right. But I was obsessed with, no, I want to go to the newsroom. I want to sit with Don Lemon. I want to, like, these are the anchors that we support, and especially the anchors that look like me. Right. I want to see, like, what this world is that I support, because if I understand the world, I can better support them in, hey, we're sending Don here, what's Don's forecast, what's this, or, hey, we're moving this person to New York to, support, to come on before Anderson Cooper. Like, I could just better understand the world. In the world of, like, starting off in the world of journalism, especially right after school, it was just kind of like, no day was the same. No. So, but to see these smart people and not just the anchors that you see in front of the camera, but all of the people that gather the news behind the scenes and the, the way you pivot from today, we're talking about the economy and the recession that's hitting to politics with Barack Obama and John McCain to uh, the, the, this hurricane that's coming to a BP oil spill, like just the way you pivoted Right. I, I just became obsessed with soaking in the knowledge and I learned to be a better business partner to who I supported by stepping into their world. And right. so then the time came where doing news every day can be a lot <laughs> for right. some years, right? And I was there at a time period of, of there was just a lot happening in the world. Right. Um, and I mean, like, if you if you are working with all of the different elements in the organization, it makes sense for you to do the content strategy because you understand what's happening within the organization and how they can how they partner collaborate for the overall good of the company, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. And so now, kind of with this new insight, the world was turning more digital. Like CNN, everything was news updates on your phone. Everything became social media. We had like a magic wall. And so Cartoon Network and Adult Swim freer environment creatively because the sky is the limit in animation mm -hmm. but they were also trying to do more digital stuff and that piqued this interest in me the techie in me i guess that always wanted to do iphone or the new whatever and i was like well let's help them get there how do we build that roadmap and i had a mentor from my internship 
who took that shot on me and said, hey, come over here to my team. Let's figure out how to build this. And my time at Cartoon Network and Adult Swim gave me the more of the executive insight of what you just said, which was, hey, what's the business? Like, what is the business doing? Even getting out of the day-to-day of this is how we make money or this is what people think this brand represents. What's the overall goal? Right. And that's the insight that I got from Cartoon Network and Adult Swim, because we were trying to build an infrastructure for the next 10 years. And in that time, it brought me back and forth to Burbank, California, because a lot of the voiceover would happen in Burbank. And I fell in love with California and I saw all these studios that I didn't <laughs> see in Atlanta. Right. And I was like, light bulb. Goodbye, Atlanta. Right, exactly. <laughs> if I want to be an executive in this business, like yeah. run somebody's brand or company, I can always come back to Atlanta because Atlanta's mm-hmm. doing and still exactly. doing really well in media. Right. But I need to go be where the business is. Right. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Xavier, ta- you mentioned Don Lemon. I don't know if you all knew. Yeah. But he started, if memory serves me correctly, in St. Louis. I'm from yes. St. Louis. Oh, he yeah. was on Fox 2 News in St. Louis. Wow. But he was very short-lived. You knew when he came, he, he was brought in right. as one of the lead anchors. You knew he was sharp. Right. And so I'm like, this guy is going to be here. Exactly. And I've been St. Louis long. And I would tell you, He's I think he was there a year or two. And then he moved to uh, CNN oh, and that wow. little bit. So, wow. So, so you touched upon this, but for... An everyday person, when I see, I mean, for Warner Brothers being a business operations and content strategy, what kind of walk us through what do, would your day consist of? No, definitely. Um, so to break all of that down, ultimately what my role ended up becoming at Warner Brothers. So when I went to leaving Carson Oakland Don't Swim, going into Warner Brothers, what was on my, my mind was how do I become an executive? I'm okay. coming to California on a mission. How do I become an executive and take that knowledge and share it with creatives who don't get the opportunities and chances, marginalized voices, because right. that's the power of being being an entertainment executive. Yeah. So coming into Warner, what I wanted, it took a year to happen, but I wanted to be in strategy. I didn't want to be core finance, looking at the books, because I felt like I understood that from Parts of American Adult Swim, from CNN. I was like, how can I shape what it is that we do? And so I found this strategy role and to break it down, once at Warner Brothers, they do film, they do television, they do animation, and they do video games really, really well. And so once something was filmed, once we had this asset, we filmed this TV show or this movie, all of the thoughts and the strategy behind getting it out to consumers, but also making money, making okay. the creatives happy, making an impact on the culture, all of that, all of those conversations, which are many different teams, I would help facilitate those. But I would do it from a financial lens of uh, financially. This money, yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Wonderful. Yeah. So, So as we talk about everything that you've done and all the experiences, I know that you didn't look at it with the lens around DE&I. But Correct. automatically, initially, yeah. But initially, as, yeah, yeah. But automatically, as a person of color, right. you look at it around DEI. But Correct. then you saw there was a need to engage and build this professional group. So was the was the group already established? Did so you it? tell me about yes. it. No, so I will tell you exactly how this went. So in Atlanta, there we had these resource groups, and it, it in Atlanta it was kind of like, hey, learn Toastmasters, you know, just become a better professional. 
get to network with other groups so you can learn and you know network across outside of your day-to-day but moving to california totally different environment even though i was with the same company mm-hmm. and so i stepped on the studio lot. i remember like it was my second day and the thought i had in my head my actual group was diverse from the standpoint of there are many different types of people That's right? right but i was still the only black male right on my team and that was a big shock for me just coming from atlanta right so <laughs> coming from atlanta to, to la so i come right. to la and i'm like okay there is diversity but let me walk across the studio lot that i didn't take for granted because i was like i'm sure there were years where my people couldn't even step foot on the studio Absolutely. we couldn't, even, exactly we couldn't right. even clean the studio exactly right? right and so i'm walking across and i'm not seeing i'm saying see a couple sisters I see, like, I see my Hispanic brothers and sisters, right? Like, I see, like, I'm seeing people, and I'm like, I got to figure out where everybody is just from a sense of, like, feeling at home. Because I also moved all the way across the country, and I wanted to to find my community. But love Black women, because this Black woman saw me crossing the street by the cafeteria. She said, hey, you, I haven't seen you before. Come here for a second. And so I went to her, and she's like, look, we're going to do lunch tomorrow. I don't know who you are, but welcome to Warner Brothers. She was like, we have this Black employee group, and we're going to talk about it. So we had lunch the next day, and I told her that I was active in Atlanta. And she's like, oh, this is perfect. You're going to be our professional development chair. You're going to help set up mentoring programs. She told told me. She's pretty much like the same age as I am. But she was just like, this is what it is. So I I went, and I, I served my first few months. Like just trying to help out and understand, and I saw the makings of this network that was great. Um, and fortunately, she got a promotion in a role where she couldn't, she could no longer be the chair. Okay. And so I stepped in blindly <laughs> to the chair. But when I tell you timing is everything, the the moment I stepped in the chair, that was the same year of hashtag Oscar so white. Wow. And so the conversations and the dynamics changed and my importance in this resource group role became more than just, oh, hold workshops and, you know, talk to your communities about like being great in in corporate America. Now it became, oh, we're giving you guys access to the creative execs, to the studio heads, because what do you guys need to see? What do you want? Help us watch content. What are we doing? What are we not? Join us in casting mm-hmm. so that we can see these. And so it just became this more important role. So timing is everything. And I was just ready to hold people accountable, hold their feet to the fire. And that's just kind of where that began. Well, I would tell you, I, I really, I, I know, and our listeners would appreciate this, you're being chair of that group for three years or so. So that's a pretty, that's uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. But I mean, I, I want to get to, and I know- I know we, you want to get to. Yeah, I want to get to the before, curator. Because I know Ed wants to, Ed has some things he wants yeah, to get exactly. to. <laughs> Very interesting. I but, want our audience to hear But before those. he gets to those, and, and this is not on, on our questions, I was thinking about when you were talking about the, you know, the, the fact that many times as a minority in a corporation, we become mm-hmm. the DE&I expert. Right. And some people shy away from that because they want right. to be like, I don't speak for all black people. I don't speak for all Hispanic people. I don't speak for all Asian people. So I, 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 I applaud you for stepping up for Thanks. three years to do that in consideration of everything that's been happening in our world. So, I mean, I know Ed wants to get to a bunch no, of things, no, but no, I think no. that that's major to say that, that more of us need to step up and take on leadership role rather than stepping back 
and saying, I'm not the one. I think we have to become the one and provide direction and support and understanding because it seems like the way you did it is Mm -hmm. a way that people received it well because you're doing so many more things. And Ed's going to talk about some of those things. Yeah, but I I also think to that point, Dawn, and I think you were alluding to this too, Xavier, when you were walking across the studio and you noticed there was a, you know some Hispanic folks, maybe some Asian people, very few black people, and and you're wanting to bring them all together and talk about their different challenges within their workspace Absolutely. there at Warner Brothers. And I think that's very important that's so as important. black people. We yes. should certainly bring along our black brothers and sisters, but everybody people, else. But then we also need to be <laughs> inclusive of everyone. Absolutely. Right? Exactly. No, absolutely. Yeah, that's so important. Um, I want to talk. I want to dig into uh, the curated DNI events that you uh, under your leadership, and and there's three in particular that I I want you to kind of talk through. Uh, you know, the catalyst for these, and, and and maybe a little bit more for our audience to hear. Um, you co-produced and co-hosted the cast from Just Mercy, right? Um, yeah, exactly. So tell us about that. That that. Yes, no, definitely. So I have to shout out a few people that were just like the backbone to our Black employee group at Warner Brothers at the time. So during this year, I, I was actually not chairing anybody. And these two lovely ladies that served with me, um, Devin Prescott and Nikki Sally, they had become chair. And one gem that we shared that I was luckily able to do under my tenure is we figured out collectively, we figured out the game on how to hold the studio accountable. Okay. And so what it is that you can do in entertainment, ladies and gentlemen, to everybody listening, (laughs) is at the end of the day, they're trying to sell their product, which is a movie, a television show, whatever. Like right now, we can take the example of Abbott Elementary, which is the Warner Brothers show. Right. Super successful. Great show. Great heart. Great concept about like showing teachers but warner brothers wants to sell that show they need that show to be successful right and so any ideas that you can come up with that are authentic increase true equity diversity and inclusion ultimately it's a win-win for them you have to create win-win strategies that promote or push whatever they need to do for the bottom line but what's impactful for you and how do you do it as opposed to just doing something to do something which right. is what Hollywood does a lot of, like, oh, let's just do a premiere, right? Right. No, what if we did, if, if example of this was Abbott Elementary and not Just Mercy, what if we did something with LAUSD, right? Mm-hmm. What if we, it's MLK Day today. It would have right. been great if there was some type of representation from the studio right. in an MLK parade. So you right. kind of have to think these win-win strategies right. where they're not going to say no because it's, it's press, it's publicity, it's whatever they need for their show or their movie. And it's a business. It's a business at the end of the day, it's a business. But what can you do? Because they don't want to do the extra work, right? Right. Those PR people are worn out. It's a work season, all of that stuff. So having employees step up and say, we'll do it, right? Right? I'll put on, we'll put on a screening of, sure, we'll get all these other studios with black employees to come to our studio lot. And we'll put on this screening of just mercy, but hey, do you think we can get Jamie Foxx and Michael B. Right. Jordan and Ray right. Larson actually come and speak? Absolutely. Yeah, you think so? You think we can do some giveaways? Do you yeah. think maybe we can actually get the creator yeah. of 
EJ, awesome. EJI to come and yeah. like talk about what it is that he's doing. And like, so you kind of have to start thinking those winning strategies because yeah. they're going to do a commitment. They're going to send people out. But what can you help do to really make something even more impactful? And I love I love what you said about holding them accountable. And that's not just, Absolutely. you know, in the entertainment business. We need to hold exactly a lot of the corporations accountable. That made commitments um, around diversity absolutely. years ago, exactly. you know, around the George Floyd situation. Right. And right. Need, we got them now. We still yeah. need to do it. Exactly. We need but, to ask those questions now. What are the learnings from that time absolutely. period? We gave all this money out. Great. Right. In 2020, right. what came from that or what are we still doing? Did we actually implement pipelines? Because right. I don't want you to just throw a million dollars at Howard or Xavier or Morehouse or Spelman. What about those promised internships so that we can diversify the intern exactly. program? So systemic changes. You need systemic right. changes. Exactly. Wow. Wow. But okay. I did love Just Mercy. That movie was so it's, good. Yeah, it's amazing. It's excellent. It's a yeah. tear jerker, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but the other one I want to talk a little bit about and, and the audience for our, our listeners to know is that you also pitched hosted and executive produced the 30th anniversary of color purple and yes. he to meet those cast members that had to be freaking fantastic i know that so i have to tell you about this because this was one of the first big things that i did and it this is when all of the light bulbs went off okay so luckily to my advantage we had a a, a global human resource officer who was at the c-suite level named kiko okay. washington so black man who has been at the studio, but who was really about trying to make an impact. And now he finally had the tide of the town shifting. Now he had employees who were galvanized and wanting to actually make an impact. Yeah. And so I'm doing my nerd thing that I've been doing since I was obsessed <laughs> with the music industry right. in high school. And I'm right. on Variety and Hollywood Reporter. And, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, the 30th anniversary of The Color Purpose coming up. So right. I'm like, what? Like, this is amazing. This is a staple, like, Warner Bros. Spielberg. <laughs> this right. is Oprah. This is yes. Warner Spielberg, right? right? So then I'm walking around the lot, and I'm like, what are we doing? Are they doing something? I know we're doing something, right? Like, we got to right. do something for The Color Purple. Right. And the answer to that from everybody was, oh, no, we're not doing anything. I think we got, like, a DVD coming out in Walmart, you know. Uh -huh. We do, like... And I'm like, are you serious? Like, that's it? <laughs> and so I, I got the, the gall to, like, send this proposal to Kiko saying, like, hey, we need to do something. Because this is, you know, the Oscar so white thing? Yeah. This is I'm going to get to that, too. Yeah, yeah I'm going to yeah, get to that. Yeah. yeah. Because if this was the 30th anniversary of the Titanic or Terminator or something, right. something, right. Uh, we'd bring the cast to the lot. There'd be a screening. Right. And Absolutely. so he sat me down and he said, he was like, if you're willing to do this, he said, I'll make sure you get whatever you need. If you're willing to lead this, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know anything about trying to put on that. At this point, I don't know anything. <laughs> so, so I got into the world of legal approval, learning intellectual property rights. Mm -hmm. They put me on an email chain with Steven Spielberg. Because wow. in my mind, I didn't know at the time, I was like, this Warner Brothers movie. Who no. do we got to ask permission? <laughs> but they're like, oh no, Spielberg has rights on, I wanted to reprint the, the poster, which I actually did reprint the poster because I wanted to give it away. I wanted to cast to sign the poster. Uh -huh. um, 
I, I, I wanted to give away DVD. I had all these things that I wanted to do. I wanted the Oprah moment where you looked under your chair and you had the DVD of the 30. <laughs> and so I was able, actually able, I pulled it off with a helpful, like with my amazing black employee board at the time, who probably thought it was crazy. But I learned more of the game and right. how much work, that extra work, but it makes a difference. Like right. seeing Sir Gabriel and, um, and um, like Ben Guillory and like just these amazing cast members because they were just happy to come back together. And you, get, right. you get these people together and they start telling stories right. about their times and the moments and they're appreciative. And we had car service for them. And that's right. thanks to Kiko being like, if you can do it, I right. had to figure out reaching out to publicists. Right. Like all of that, like it was, but it was worth it. Right, absolutely. And you wow. did it. And see, it's because exactly. you said yes. Yep, absolutely. So you said yes to an opportunity to do something you've never done before. And that that's, you're fearless in that space. Absolutely. And the, absolutely. And the, and the last thing I said, the truth was like, I grew up, like the Color Pro, it wasn't necessarily my favorite movie. It's a oh. great, it's a classic though, right? Absolutely. But in the community, how could you not celebrate the color purple? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And Absolutely. that was like Oprah's first breakout role. And that was right? so how could you not? But exactly. We quote the color purple daily. Exactly. We do. Absolutely. We so I was do. like, <laughs> the people like the color Georgia, purple. I, I enjoy the, the people color. back in Georgia will kick my ass for not <laughs> exactly. celebrate this movie exactly. the way it's supposed to be celebrated. And, and it's so funny we're talking about this. My brother is mm -hmm. the first AD on the color purple that's being made with Fantasia right I, now. I can't wait. And they're like, I cannot wait to see it. Yeah. It's gonna be phenomenal. Nice. So we're just excited about that. But nice. you are, you're amazing to do that because how could you let that time pass by Absolutely. and not recognize Absolutely. the 30th anniversary of the color purple? Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, so let's talk about, uh, you also pitched, moderated and executive, executive produced a conversation has hashtag Oscar so white. Yes. And when I saw that and I, I, I was able to just so the audience knows we were able to look at links and things like that. Yes. To do our research. Oh, I remember um, that. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, talk about the, you know, where did that um, idea come? You know, how did that come to fruition? So with the Black Employee Group, we had an executive sponsor, which was some employee that's of executive level. Um, whose goal is to help <laughs> rein in ideas, you know, like make things happen. Yeah. And again, the times have changed in Hollywood because of that hashtag, Oscar So White. And right. so our executive sponsor was an executive named Chris Mack, who was over yeah. the Warner Brothers television workshop, uh, writer's workshop. And he was just, he was on the TV side for writing. And I told him, I was like, I want to have a panel that's productive and it was going to be a joint studio mixer with NBC Universal, um, Sony at the time, and Viacom slash Paramount. Right. And I was like, I don't want us to just have a, another panel <laughs> where we're just talking about stuff. Right. So he helped me mold the idea of well, what if we get the diversity chair of the Writers Guild, the Producers Guild, and the Directors Guild, and bring everybody together, maybe with also some amazing uh, producer and talent, and you know, we can see, like, actually implement resources, talk about what is, what isn't, mm -hmm. and give those chairs the ideas to take back to the guilds mm -hmm. of how to implement things. And it's coming from employees at the studio. 
Right. So I thought that that was great. And so he's like, who do you want? And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> 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 what do you mean, who do I want? Right. That's how we got the amazing Regina King and yeah. the amazing trailblazer Stephanie Elaine. Oh yeah. And the the craziest part about the whole situation is it all the event shaped up and they were like, Well, this caliber of event, like where are you gonna have it? And so I'm like, Okay, we won't do it. There's there's there was like this unspoken rule at the time where certain studios weren't they didn't allow their employees to go to events on other studio lots. I don't know if that's still a thing, but so we had to find like a neutral space. Mm-hmm. My team got on it, my black employee board, and we found the Roosevelt Hotel. Oh yeah. And when the Roosevelt Hotel found out the type of event we were trying to do they loved on, on the on the wave of Oscar so white, they gave us the ballroom that the first Oscars was held in. Oh wow, yeah, we've wow, been in that wow, room yeah, before. Exactly. Yeah, right. great room. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so the gravity of like that moment, and they gave it to us for like dirt cheap. I thought they were gonna, you know, because it's like, oh, Warner Brothers right. has money, Sony has money. They gave it to us for dirt cheap, wow. just because of the conversation we were having and the people mm-hmm. we were bringing together. Sure. But it was like everything just happened the way it was supposed to happen. Right. And that. talk talk about the, the discussions that you. You had the panel. What 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 did what did you talk about? And so one of the the, the one, one of the biggest things that I remember from the discussion that we really tried to implement and change was no longer just getting groups of people because something becomes a news article and it's like, hey, they're not enough. They're not enough Asian actors in front of the, the camera. We don't have enough uh, Latinx producers. We don't have enough writers that are African American on TV. We really talked about and kind of fleshed out in the conversation with all these people, pipelines, 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 not once and done programs that are like, oh, look, when we did this, this program with these Latinx, with the Latinx community for producers, no, where's the, where's the full return? Where are we at five years, 10 years from now, from you consistently investing and bringing those people in? And it did change the way that like our writers workshops mm-hmm. from 2016 forward studios no longer just said at the time writer example for writers workshops it was oh we have these writer workshops and we'll find some diverse voices in them right 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 now it's oh no this is the black or this is the this is the black writers program this is the asian program like this, yeah. like there are specifics Mm-hmm. So it's not just a general, oh, this is for all writers. Right. right. Exactly. And this right. is how we get them on shows. Like, right. no, you can keep that, but you right. also need some targeted, like, how are you implementing diversity? So that's exactly. right. Intentional yeah. work. Intentional. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, wow. I mean, we probably could talk to you for a couple of days. Exactly. Um, exactly. But you know, we, we want to keep moving forward in your career because unlike many people that stay at one or two places, you moved around and had a lot of different experiences, which has been wonderful. Yes. So you left Warner Brothers after eight years. Yes. And now with Netflix. I am. All right. Yeah. So tell us about your role at Netflix and what you're doing there. So I am doing production finance for our indie films at Netflix. And what that really means, and I can tell you why I made the step as well. Um, sitting down in the pandemic, I was like, wow, I'm learning a lot of the, of the like, more of the strategy, right? I'm seeing how executives make decisions. I'm seeing what right. shapes that. Yeah. I was like, I still, I want to be 
I want to work to get to the table where I can influence the product. Like, what are we making? Why are we making it? Who's getting these opportunities? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, whether that's a creative executive, whether that's a production executive, I need to leverage what my experience has been, which is business, finance, strategy, to get to that table to be more impactful, right? Mm -hmm. And so those types of roles at the big studios were more union roles where you had to start out in the field and like work your way all the way up. So Mm -hmm. I was like, who's going to take that bet on me? (laughs) To like bring this amazing experience that I have, but now really push to implement different things creatively and from a production standpoint. And streaming, they were willing to take that risk. And so that's how I ended up at Netflix. And so nowadays my meetings are a little bit different (laughs) where I'm on meetings. I know what's happening on specific projects. I know what's going right, what's going wrong. I get a chance to be side by side with the the creative executive. We're going through notes on projects we're talking about additional photography we're talking about casting we're talking about locations and does that make sense to the business and so now i'm really getting in there because i'm getting the experience that i need to hopefully continue on my north star which is to that very first thought that i had when i moved out to california which is i'm going to be somebody's executive whether that's the studio yeah you will you will. You, but, but Xavier, you're going to have to remember us in this diverse. I'll have to send you a link to the podcast and remember us when you, you know, get to that no, you are. Uh, president role of Netflix yes. or Warner Brothers and things like or that, CEO, while. and maybe even of your own company, right? At some yes. point. Yeah, yeah. Or support my peers. Absolutely. Right, exactly. Absolutely. But you are, and you are the place where the money lies, mm-hmm. where the decisions are made. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. the most one of the most important locations to be within the company because if you manage their resources appropriately and you make mm-hmm. them shine through diversity, then it becomes a priority for a company for a company. Absolutely. And you're doing that. And right. you are truly a role model for those youth that are in high school, college, mm-hmm. thinking, Oh, I'm watching Netflix every day. I want to do this. I want to write. I want to be in production. I want to be in manager. Right. Right. So you truly are doing that. Yep. So don't discount yeah. what your journey because your journey is going to take you to the top. I'm enjoying the journey. So, so, so what's next for you? I mean, I know you have all these wonderful corporate careers, but I know outside of your corporate role, what's next for you? But before you answer that, before you answer that, because we do want to, uh, we, we want you to get there, but I also want our listeners to hear more about I think you're leading the inclusion and diversity group there at Netflix. Uh, And the goal there, if I remember reading this correctly, was to increase the pipeline of people of color in production, production finance, and post-accounting. Tell us what are you doing there? And then we'll get to the what's next. I think it's important important that our our listeners hear uh, about that and how you're making efforts to uh, increase the pipeline for people of color. No, definitely. Um, so not sipping the Netflix Kool-Aid. Yeah. Something that I do thoroughly appreciate and enjoy. That was actually a part of my interview discussion, which is what made me decide to go with Netflix, is I said, hey, I've done a lot of work in diversity, specifically at Warner Brothers and in this Hollywood industry. I was like, how can I bring that momentum over to Netflix? I know you all have your own initiatives and things, 
but that's a big part of who I am outside of my core skill set that you're hiring hiring me for. Right. And so my director um, amazingly said, oh, please. She's like, I'm throwing you into, we have a tactical inclusion and diversity discussions biweekly. And we also have a production finance inclusion and diversity that everybody attends, right. where we talk about things that are going on in the industry, the company, people's personal lives based off what's going on in the press. She was right. like, we can put you on the path to one lead that so that you can push your goals forward and you can continue to build off that momentum. Awesome. And so yeah. I said, I've never had an interview where somebody said that. <laughs> right. Like bring that momentum over. Absolutely. And right. so that's exactly, I'm glad that they were actually of their word. And that's exactly what I've been able to do. Um, right. So I came in and we have these, we have a tactical discussion where we talk about how do we actually make a difference after right. we get through everybody's feelings and emotions and we can talk about press headlines of like Kanye West and right. anti-Semitism. Like right. we right. can have those discussions that have nothing to do with Netflix. We That's can bring right. it home to Netflix. We can bring it home to like the industry and the impact of things. But then tactically, what are we doing? to make changes or differences about it. Absolutely. So that's what I really enjoy. That's one of my favorite parts of my job. That's not my job, nice. but that is my job because I'm nice. I'm not living. That's part of the rent that I pay right. <laughs> as exactly. I stay of being in this industry. Mm -hmm. And so I really appreciate and enjoy that. Nice. Uh, now, let me, let me ask a follow-up question of that, if you don't mind, Xavier. And yeah. that is, I know you said, um, but, how are you? How's that? How is Netflix um, getting the people of color in those pipelines? Is there summer internships? Is it? Um, how do you? How are you doing that? If you could speak to that a little bit. Great question. So, with um, my finance group, my production finance group, we've created this program called a booster program, okay. and the idea of the program is to boost production accounts who are in the field who are okay. not employees of Netflix, okay. may not even be on Netflix shows, okay. but literally people of color who have not had the opportunities or the access to move up the ranks from like second accountant to first accountant to key to eventually executive. Right. Um, we have a program where we focus on like five or six individuals. Okay. Um, right now, I think we, right now we have like six. Okay. And it's a, it's a, it's almost like a six month program where the goal is to give them trainings and access that they don't get on the job so that they can boost themselves to the next level awesome. because we need to see more of us Absolutely. so that even if you are in Atlanta or New Orleans and you're filming a show, yeah. Yeah. even though it may be a Tyler Perry production right. or whether it's a Sony production, when they go out and hire these freelancers, it's great to see us. Right. But people who haven't been stuck in roles for 20 years because, oh, I just, I've only been, they only get me to do payroll. Right. right exactly. Like right. now it's like, oh, you know what? Because I did this Netflix program. Now I know how to do stuff for the guilds. Now I know tax incentives. Now I know what studios are looking for. So now I feel comfortable going for this first right. key right. accountant role right. to move up because nobody ever took the time to really like say, hey, this is how you do this so that we can get you here. And so that's something that I'm very proud of. That we do. You. you should be proud of it. And those are the yes. tangible, you know, things Takeaways that companies people. can do. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you talk to companies, a lot of companies talk a good talk, but 
what are they investing in? Are they, exactly. And yeah. that's great. Netflix should be applauded. You and Netflix should be applauded for that. Okay. Now we can ask the. Now we can the, say what's new, what's yeah, next, what's, what's next happening. Yeah, exactly. What's new, what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> what's new yes. So ultimately, again, my North Star is getting to that table <laughs> so yeah. that I can, and, and both, when I say get to the table, I mean that like, for my peers that I see, like the Quintas and the Issas okay. and the Michael B. Jordans. Yes. Yeah. I want to be an asset to the culture. Mm-hmm. I want to make an impact because I am I am here. My brother also went to Morehouse as well, but I'm here because of this show, A Different World. Yes. Right? Because of that vision. Yep. And that impact that tripled the enrollment in HBCUs mm-hmm. in the early 90s, that has it tripled did. throughout. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand the power of the platform. Yes. And so I want to continue to work hard internally yes. so that I can help make that in the same type of impact. I know that this is entertainment. Some of it is great and fun. Um, but it's it's also, like, from a finance perspective, just being like, hey, we're doing this movie and we're going to do this in New Mexico. We're setting up economies to do a movie or a television show, and it trickles through people's lives. So I just want to continue to be in a place where I can can help be an olive branch for people to get those opportunities, especially people who don't always seem to get those opportunities. That's for you, Xavier. So I'm trying to find my way and and find my ladders to, to get there. You've done a fantastic job. You are. It, it's been a pleasure. It has truly, truly been, been a, a pleasure. pleasure talking with you. And I know I had mentioned at the beginning of our conversation yeah. about this quote that this is on Ed's. Oh yes, story. I love this. Okay, I hope you're going to. So I'm going to okay. read it if okay, you don't mind. Okay, good. Yes. All yes, right. Yes. So this is one of our favorite quotes from Dr. King. It said, "People fail to get along because they fear each other. They fear each other because they don't know each other, and they don't know each other because they have not communicated with each other." Yeah. That's so true. All right. Wow. And we try. This is our this is the goal of right. diversity intersection. Right. So that I we all that. get to know each other better so that we Absolutely. can have a better world for the next generation. Absolutely. Because, you know, you are a different generation than Ed and I. Right. And it is a blessing to see that you are continually pushing the initiative to provide diversity for all. Right. And so we thank you. And our listeners should know, in, yes. in Xavier is a young man. He is. <laughs> yes. Compared to us. Right. Don't tell her. Don't tell her. Yeah, exactly. You know? right, right. No, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. We're but, just a generation. Yeah. yeah. But it's very inspiring. It really is. It really is. I appreciate you. So Xavier. Thank you. Yeah, yes. Sure. So we're we're just so happy that you're here that you came to spend this time with us yes. um, to join us on the at the diversity intersection. And it is our intention that you know we provide a bridge for com- for individuals, for companies, for all right. to connect. That's right. And that is what you're doing because you're not just helping the African American community; you're helping all minority categories. Absolutely. So we thank you, mm-hmm. and we'll see you next time at the diversity intersection. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here.